It's 12 enough and kitchen table spirituality. Two in one? How is that possible? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here with the pastor that when he dances, everything stops and revolves around him. Pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Charlie mm-hmm. Eastman. It's like I'm the Julie Andrews of the UCC. I think that title's probably already taken by somebody else. I won't and say I'm who. here with uh, Reverend Jonathan Malone, the pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And I have a sponsor for today as oh, well. There's a sponsor? Yeah. Excellent. Um, this, pod- this podcast is brought for- to you by the Society for the Abolition of Red, Red Velvet Cake. Because <laughs> we don't like liars. Oh, are you calling red velvet cake a liar? If you're going to be chocolate, be chocolate. Don't. Yeah. And if you're going to be right. red, be raspberry, cherry, okay, black raspberry. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Don't. What's don't, a, what? Yeah. What the heck flavor? What, what would people think it would be? And why? When I see a red, uh, the first time I saw red velvet cake, I thought, oh, it's going to be like a strawberry cake, or it's darker, sure so like a, a raspberry cake. And then I took a bite. I'm like, why is this not just chocolate? Yeah. Why is it not a brown cake? But red velvet is typically paired with like a cream cheese frosting, like carrot cake, right? I'm, I'm totally fine with cream cheese on chocolate. I'm right. fine with the flavor. The flavor is That's fine. Right. It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the presentation. I appreciate your ire towards red velvet, and I support you in your action well, to the, get it. I mean, it's not just me. There's a whole society behind it. Yeah, uh, They're sponsoring this episode. Sponsor. Thanks, Society for the... Abolition of Red Velvet Abolition Cake. Of red Velvet Cake. <laughs> And how fitting that someone would want to end something in our episode today. Yeah. Um, so for those who are confused of why this is too, 12 enough and kitchen table spirituality, um, this, is, this is going to be the final episode of both. Now, kitchen table spirituality was birthed in the, from the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I think it went really well. We took some time off. And uh, we decided it's time to move on, and we'll share some some of those reasons why. And also, mm-hmm. twelve enough, Charlie. You and I started it. And, My goodness! And our first episode was about um, you, you attending remember? a Striper concert. Oh, that's right! I went to see Striper with Preston Fuller. Yes, you did. And oh, we talked that was about, quite a show. It was yeah. quite a heavy metal. God loving show. We talked about authenticity and yes, music, and it was it was a. Do you know the date of that first episode or not? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Let's say 2015. Wow. And that might be right. So, so this, this climactic ending episode is years in the making. Years in the making. And, and I'm glad to be doing it with you who started it. I mean, I had a lot of wonderful mm-hmm. guest hosts in, in the... Yeah, you carried the torch after I left. I, I exited 12 enough and you kept it rolling capably for a long time. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I had a great time with it. And and I'll keep the feed up for a while at least so that people can listen to all the past episodes. And the same with the kitchen table spirituality. I know that uh, many mm-hmm. of our many people from both of our congregations and beyond found that meaningful, that time, that weekly devotional. And we were yeah. glad to do that. I agree. And it's not, you know, I know we said it was going to be a devotional during the pandemic. And uh, um, spoiler alert, pandemic ain't over. No. And the the podcast is. But I I really think it was built for that time when folks were stuck in their apartments and their homes and unable to get out and be with each other. And that was really what 
kitchen table spirituality's focus was right from the beginning. So, I mean, people are out more now in mm-hmm. the face of Delta virus. They're going to be out more now uh, unless we get different news in the face of Omicron right. and whatever other viruses come down the pike. We know pandemics mutate and have to be fought um, across many sp- is it spectrum. Is that the plural of spectrum? Sure. Spectra across many spectra. If I was going to more than one movie theater, which name was Spectrum, I would go to the Spectras. Okay, there we go. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I think it. I think it filled its brief. Is my point? Yes. But but all of this is kind of tangential to a much bigger shift, right? Yeah, that's the other. And and my so the folks in my congregation know this, but I'd like to share it with the broader listening world. Please tell the pilgrims too. Um, I am. Uh, resigning as pastor of First Baptist in East Greenwich, mm. uh, February twenty mm. seventh will be my final Sunday. Wow! Yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel—is it a train or is it the <laughs> other end? It depends, because what I'm going to be doing is I'm really going off on my own to do wilderness ministry. So, be leading hikes and backpacks and such. But I'm not going mm. to serve another church. I'm not working with another um, company or organization. I'm going to try to make this work on my own. So you're building, you're essentially building a, a small business. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting a business. I mean, we'll, we'll call it small for now. Maybe it'll be a multi-million dollar megacorp of wilderness. Yeah, I, I figure in five to seven years it will be. Great. <laughs> but, Amazon yeah. spied, sponsors Jonathan yeah. Malone in the Amazon. <laughs> Wouldn't that Forget be? Forget space. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. That would be. So, yeah, so we were going to... I would not gonna... go on that one, but it would be amazing for you. You wouldn't go? <laughs> no, not to the Amazon. Oh, No, John. I just watched Jungle Cruise. Forget it, man. I'm never going there. I watched it, too. <laughs> I know it's a fanciful depiction. It is. I and I watched Red Note and then watched that, and I thought Boy. for um, um, Dwayne yeah, Johnson... The Rock. Yeah, the, the second one, the Jungle Cruise, I think he was better in that one. He was yes, more fun. Yes, more fun. Yeah. Let's talk more about Dwayne Johnson movies while we're nah, at No, you don't get off the hook that easy. <laughs> no way. So this is a big announcement, and you're pointedly saying you're not going to remain in parish ministry. Right. How How does that feel? Um, uh, honestly, part of me is really looking forward to that. Mm. Um, folks, the, the, the weekly grind of writing sermons uh, at times is oppressive. Mm. Um, you know, well, uh, let's say this. There are pastors out there who don't take it that seriously, and maybe just Friday night try to throw something together or something like that, and maybe it doesn't feel. But I imagine the anxiety is still real. But, sure. you know, folk, people like Charlie and myself, we take the the sermon, um, the preaching part of our, of our call very, very seriously. And each week we are working hard on trying to offer a good, relevant, well-researched, well-thought-out message. Sure. And and uh, it's exhausting. It, it, so I'm looking forward to not having to preach every Sunday. I'm looking forward to, here's a big one, I'm really looking forward to having my spouse and children choose where we can go to church. Mm. Yeah, and, and that'll for, be different. Yeah, for us to attend as a church. Um, as a family, I think that'll mm-hmm. be that'll be wonderful. So, I mean, those kinds of things, the, not having the meetings, I'll be looking forward to that. I am going to miss the kind of community that you find in a church. Sure, um, I'm going to hopefully find another church, but it's it will always be different. I'm going to miss the opportunities to be at people's bedsides. 
um, mm-hmm. when they're not doing well. Not that I. I'm, you know, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, when, they're, <laughs> when they're not doing well. When they're, yeah, when they are doing well. We, we aren't often tucking people in, in in most of ministry. No, but I will carry. I will bring warm milk to you and read a story if that's what there you, you need. Um, you yeah, I mean there are there are such privileges and joys, and I know that probably a month or two after I'm going to miss preaching. It's sure you will. Right away. Yeah, I'm, my, my wife is at various times in my ministry when I've threatened, you know what, that's it. I'm done. I can't I can't <laughs> do any more for the, for this particular group of people. I feel like I'm in their way. And my right. wife and I said, maybe I'll just go teach or do something else. And my wife says, yeah, right. Until you get out of that pulpit and there's no longer 100 people looking you in the eye while you speak, we'll see how long you last. Mm. Um, but there are many other ways to address that. Yeah. And you're not leaving. You're – you know, obviously, maybe this is a good point to move to your new right. ministry. You're not leaving ministry. No, no. You're leaving parish ministry, right? Right. Yeah, that's an important distinction. I mean, that's um, there are plenty of wilderness guides out there. There's plenty of wilderness guiding companies, mm. um, but I want to be doing it from a religious and spiritual perspective. Um, Aha. To bring people to a place where you can pray differently, can be connected differently. That's part of it. The other part is. Um, to be a spiritual presence in the wilderness. Um, hmm. The folks that I run into with my hikes, you know, they they say like, boy, there's this real, um, you know, I feel different here. I feel like the universe is speaking to me in a different way. And I want to say, let me help you with that language. Really mm-hmm. get a sense of what it is that's moving you when you're out here. Um, so to kind of really to be a missionary as well for the wilderness community, people that are feel pulled to the to the wilderness, but they're not sure why. That sounds great. I know, right? I just need... I, I, I'm always <laughs> troubled by people who want to invoke, you know, who want to pat me on the head and say things like, you know, I'm not religious. I'm just very spiritual. Because when I ask them, oh, oh, really? What are your spiritual practices? Mm-hmm. They um all they reveal is they're just too lazy to be part of a spiritual community at all. Right. And they just want to be in tune with the universe, which is a perfectly human uh, urge and aim and goal and all that. But it, it's not. It only goes that so isn't, far. Spirituality needs the same intention that religion does. Yeah. Maybe more so if you don't have a community to bolster you. Right. And, and of course, my biggest goal would be to get them connected with a community. I mean, I don't care which one, but sure. get people so, connected. So when you say spiritualist and not spiritualist. When you say spiritual and religious, mm-hmm. you're talking about um, you're talking about interfaith, not just yeah. Document. Yeah. Um, um, if you go to my website, which is wildernessjourneys.org. Hey, look at that. Yeah, look at There's that. There's already a website. Always be plugging. It's as if you knew this was coming. Well, I have to, have to get the website going for a bit. Um, you'll see that I, I'd say that this is for all faiths or no faiths. Mm. Um, and it's really for all people, regardless of your... Um, gender or gender identity, regardless of your sexual orientations, um, mm-hmm. you know, ethnicity. This I really want it to be for all peoples. Uh, I, I think you know that's you know folks may feel reluctant to go into the wilderness, and if I can be that guide to get that first step there in a way that you feel safe, that's fantastic. That sounds great. Yeah, I think so. Do you have a primary audience that might be the people that are looking for this kind of experience? Do you, uh, yeah, I do think, you have a miss like a, a not not a Mister and Mrs. but a right. you know how what is it um, is it Saddleback where they wanted to find Mister and Mrs. Saddleback oh, and right. they made that their focus of all their marketing efforts. Do you have a particular group in mind or not? 
Not really. It, I think each trip will have a different group in mind. So I will have trips that's more geared for clergy, because mm. uh, this can be really refreshing for clergy, Charlie, if you are interested, Charlie, about... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'll be working. I'm hoping to get a youth trip. So that's a very oh, specific good. Good. Um, yeah, one. I'm working with someone in Rhode Island for elder care, for um, the, the more elderly. Oh, okay. And doing a, a, a trip with them. Elder hikes. Uh, yeah, and I would love to partner with someone from, um, you know, the Hispanic community or someone from the African American community um, mm-hmm. to gear, gear towards, you know, folks from that community, uh, LGBTQ communities. A lot of it is partnership, and mm-hmm. and then seeing so mm-hmm. even interfaith as well. But I I can't just say this is going to be an interfaith trip. I need someone from the Islamic community, someone from the Ju- um, Judea community, those kinds of. Um, representations as well. Um, mm-hmm. So each group will be different. I would hope that in in uh, upcoming years and such, I would get to a place where it would really be people who are, let's say, if this, this would be the ideal, between the ages of 20 and 68, mm-hmm. for, I just pulled that number up, who do have uh, an, uh, a very active desire to be in the wilderness um, but no, don't have a spiritual, uh, uh, an articulated spirituality or a faith community, but mm-hmm. feel like Malone's someone I can go with and feel safe, and I can just mm. kind of help them get to that place where they can articulate what does it mean to believe. Nice for them. Where's your Where's your sphere of operations? Where's the What's the geographical limitation? Uh, these are to such this great question. questions. Thanks for asking these questions. Um, sure. Primarily, so I will have some preset hikes. Yeah, preset hikes will be primarily in New Hampshire in the White Mountains, um, mm. in nice. the in New York in the Adirondack Mountains, um, and also okay. in the Northeast because that's kind of where I'm located. But I will work with people wherever they are. Um, mm-hmm. I just talked to someone yesterday in Philadelphia who's thinking about having their school take a trip. So that would be in the wow. Philadelphia area. I'm mm-hmm. working with someone, this would be for the summer of 23, so keep your eye out for this, of doing a, a retreat specifically for pastors that would be with a spiritual director and a retreat center in Eugene, Oregon. So we oh, do wow. a couple of days of retreat center and a couple of days of backpacking and then go back to the mm. retreat center. So um, I'm willing and, and really would Sounds like nice. to go all around, especially to work with organizations wherever they are. But my main area would be in the Northeast. That's what I know. Got it. Where I am. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's very intriguing to me. Not not because this is a ministry I could start on my own, but I'm I'm always mm-hmm. fascinated when people move into a new phase in their ministry, and parish ministry is not the is not the call. Um, how they how they're going to adapt and what's going to be different and all that. Mm-hmm. What what do you, as someone who will now place congregations, not that you're not going to connect to congregations, but as someone who's not going to be leading a congregation anymore, mm. what are your what are your words for the congregations at this time in 2021 on the as we continue on through this whatever yeah, it is? I think that's a great I, I'm glad you asked that question too, because on April 1st, there's going to be a major moment in the in, in history where a book will be published. And ready, to <laughs> called. Hey. I, I don't mean to make this like a time for me just to hawk my wares, um, but I did just write a book. You better uh, called uh, Peculiar Church. You can pre-order it on Judson Press. Go to Judson Press. I'll put the link in the show notes. Pre-order okay. a Peculiar Church, and it really is a, a Baptist theology, but I think free church theology. So, folks in the UCC, I think you could find plenty of places to connect. 
the, one of the big points of that, though, is be authentic. Um, mm-hmm. Be who you are as a community without apology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if mm-hmm. someone comes and says, we should really start change our style of music and bring in the guitars and the drums, if that's not who you are, that's not who you are. And that's okay. If yeah, I think Charlie, you and I have talked about this. If someone you know comes and says, "Hey, we should be attending more uh, marches and protests," and you say, "But as a church, really, how we respond is with um, doing uh, clothing drives and um, serving food." Then do that. Right. Be who you are. That's what I would say to each church: yeah. is stop worrying about what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about anyone, worry about what Jesus thinks about you. Um, possibly a good companion book might be. Um I'm going to get the name wrong, but Vital Vintage Church. I don't know that um, book. I don't know if you know that one or not, but it's no. by, um, oh, it's by a guy who's got the same name as a Mets player, Michael Piazza. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a he's a mega church, former mega church pastor from Texas mm-hmm. who built one of the biggest, um, here we are with metrics again, yeah. who well, built one of the biggest um, open open, welcoming, and affirming churches in, in Texas oh, um, wow. at the time he did. Then he moved to, I think, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then he was in New York for a while. I don't know where he is right now, but it is very much about claiming your authentic witness. You know, he, he honors the fact that that absolutely there are people who uh, need to hear organ yeah. in worship for their spirit to be the, the organ as, as the instrument of their faith focus is just is is important to them and they don't have to apologize that they don't have a drummer and, right. and acrylic screens everywhere and people holding their hands up over their heads. He says there's plenty of churches where you can go and do that, but if that's not you, then own what you have, as you say, unapologetically. So there may be room for dialogue between the two of you down the road when you're on book tour. Or when I'm on book whatever. tour. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, we'll definitely put links to the peculiar church. Yeah. Um order page and um i believe it's on sale if you pre-order if right you now pre-order it's on sale it's less yep. than twenty dollars that's sweet what a what a value it's a, what a fantastic value it's in my shopping cart hey, thanks. um and should be in everybody else's and maybe i can convince jonathan to sign it for you if he ever uh comes yeah. up our way. yeah i'm happy to who knows I, I have a feeling there's probably a spiritual hike in uh pilgrim church's future oh that'd be fantastic i would love our to pal from the south yeah, from the south. <laughs> well, in a southerly direction, anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how does your family feel about this change? Have they voiced particular concerns? Anything you want to share? Mm. Don't, don't share what you well, know. Well, I mean, I, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, some of the—my boys, you know, two of them are already out of the house, so— mm. um, they were kind of like, okay. Um, the younger two said, well, we kind of saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as, as much as you try to put on a good face, people see when you're hurting or I hurt. Yeah. When you're in a place like this isn't working anymore. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Rebecca, my, my spouse is incredibly supportive. Uh, That's and wonderful. yeah, which is amazing. Cause I, this is a big risk for us. This is a big financial risk for us. Um, uh, but yeah, could be, yeah, could be. well, I don't have a job lined up. <laughs> so it, and, and yet you have a business lined up, so that's a whole nother. Right, and there's level. the hope, but it always takes a while to get that going. And Sure. Um, but she really believes that if I'm not doing something that feeds me, um, then it's not going to be good. 
I could be mm-hmm. making as much money as possible, and it just won't be good for for me, for Wait, us you mean as a you'll couple. Be even more insufferable for her than you even are now. Even more insufferable. Oh, Rebecca, Rebecca, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, she well, she loved making red velvet cake until we got married, <laughs> and I said no. Sacrifices and compromises. Drew a line. I'm starting to wonder if maybe your affiliation with this Society for the Abolition of Red Velvet isn't closer than we might have thought at first. It's a very small membership, let me tell you. You may need a disclaimer (laughs) on the sponsorship. Don't even get me started on high fives. Yeah, right. Oh, well, hey. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, we're, we're obviously we'll link to the to your uh, new endeavors yeah. website as well. What feedback have you gotten? If if you want to share, yeah. or if you feel you can share from the congregation, it's it's been wonderful and hard. Um, they are. They must have known. I mean, any church that has the same mm. pastor for more than ten years must have known that there was a chance you'd eventually move on, right? Yeah, that was that was clear. Academically, if not in right. their Right, they knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. But many are, were still surprised at the announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the response... You just got here. Yeah, I know. It really, honestly, it's been almost... <laughs> I'll be in my 14th year mm. when I leave, and it really still feels mm. like I'm just getting started in many ways. Well, that's, that's great. It is. Um, it indicates so, you probably didn't get completely stale before you found the exit sign. Well, that's a big part of it. Um, um, yeah, don't wait. If, 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 <laughs> don't don't wait. Ideally, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're very sad. Mm. That's been the overall, like, really grieving. Um, and I'm sad, too. It's a hard decision to make, and I will really miss being the pastor of that of First Baptist. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to leave every single church you yeah. have to leave. They I are, think I think daily of people at every single church I've served, even the one I served as a student, yeah. student pastor. Yeah. Um, folks hear that. Um, your pastors really do love you. Mm. Um, but then also they're very happy for me. Good. That's, that's the overall. I mean, some people are less happy than others, but mostly sure. they say, this is so good you're doing this. You're taking a chance. Um, we could see this for you. This this makes sense. And, you know, it's it's kind of my oldest son, he said, or I'm sorry, my oldest son, they said um, that they were so proud to see me taking a chance um, mm. and, and to really mm. following where my heart was leading and I oh, would say where great. the spirit was leading. But that would feel great to me anyway. Yeah, it was good to have, I mean, it's, it's any time, any time any of your children say, I'm proud of you, dad. Mm. Like how often does that well, happen? Almost never. At those moments. I hope you've journaled it. I sure did. Get that date down. You may uh, not know when twelve enough started, but you got to know when you I, got that compliment. It was in it was in Arizona, on the okay. north rim of the Grand Canyon. Oh, that's that. when I shared with them. Nice. Oh wow! Well, you really did it up. It's practically a proposal. I know, right? I didn't give him any rings, so I should. I made it weird. I made it weird. <laughs> um, so, who is the one person who's m- most happy that you're leaving, and why? No, don't answer that. That was just a joke. There, there is someone somewhere in a congregation. Oh, Every pastor leaves yeah. a church, and there are people who are genuinely relieved yeah. that now they can either they can you know, get that pastor a, get that back they needed. to what the church used to be. Yep. B hire somebody younger. C finally have a woman in the pulpit. D I mean, there's so many different things that people yearn for that you want every to hear, pastor can't answer every need. In, in fact, someone has said maybe now we can hire someone older. Okay, I know. Fine. Yeah, like, all right. wherever you feel led, it's it's yeah. going to be up to them. We call a, those short-term pastorates. 
<laughs> Depends on how old. Of course. Depends on how I've seen some hold on for decades. <laughs> yeah, again, past. don't stay too long, right. folks. Don't yeah, stay please. past the time. That's my and and what the uh, what the available pool of ministers looks like now is so it's different, different than when we were leaving seminary, and even then it had changed yeah. tremendously. Um, I think most, if if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I would think most pastors in Protestant churches going forward for the next I don't know how many years would probably be bivocational, mm-hmm. and would probably be. Um, Either I think I think in terms of who was graduating from Andover Newton when we were, it was forty percent men, sixty percent women at think, that point. Yeah. In terms of those that identify a clear binary gender, right? So probably a woman or someone who's not on bound by the gender spectrum the way we have been. Yeah. Uh, and then and then someone who's who's probably active in another career, not just bivocational, but active in their other career, mm-hmm. um, because churches have, of course, changed a lot in the time that we've been a part of them. And people don't attend church like they did when we right. first arrived on the scene, which, you know, assign blame wherever you need to, folks. But the fact of the matter is the culture has shifted a yep. lot and we are learning to to survive and thrive or, or move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, can I just say a word to first yeah. Baptist East Greenwich? Yeah. Okay. You, you are, you have been so blessed for 14 years to know this beautiful man who has enriched your lives and changed them. Um, and, and it is good and fitting that he make his move and go on. And no matter how, helpless or hopeless you feel in the process. You share that with God every day. Mm. You pray over it. You recognize that you were never alone when mm. Jonathan was on vacation. <laughs> you were never alone before he arrived at this church, and you are going to continue on to be the best First Baptist you can be in East Greenwich. So don't be of good cheer and great hope, and, and what a lovely season to mm. um, to have together as you deepen into Advent and then pass through Christmas together. Um, Thank you, Charlie. Well said. Thank you. Um, sure. So 12 Enough was our show about yeah. culture and Christian faith. Faith and, and culture in the modern age. That's how we describe age. it. Modern age. And so that, that chapter closes today. Yes. And and then your the... Um, the kitchen table spirituality closes. Is there a possibility that people might be able to hear your dulcet tones in the future? Um, yeah, I, so I, there's two podcast possibilities that's in development right now. That's, that's mm-hmm. how we would describe it, in development. Um, one would be more focused on the wilderness, the spirituality aspect, and um, still kind of figuring out how to do that. Um, but to entice people to share some of my own experiences, maybe to talk to someone else. Uh, so something like that. And the other one would be, you know, like I said, I've, I've got this book coming out that is about doing church and maybe mm-hmm. have a podcast uh, that is a reflection of that book that kind of gets mm-hmm. into some mm-hmm. of the topics, some of the chapters um, a little more deeply or hear someone else's point of view. Uh, so those so are in development. Spitballing with you here, uh, yeah. not something we usually use for content on Kitchen Table Spirituality or 12 Enough. But, well, because um, if you spitball, it's just the, the explosiveness, yeah. uh, editing is, is a mess. It's everywhere. So I'm thinking maybe <laughs> I've seen books that on book launch, authors will do like a 
a, a finite podcast. Mm. So it's going to be whatever, eight episodes right. or 12 episodes, and it, it stands as a companion piece to the book. It has a beginning, middle, and end, and, and in that respect, it can be very manageable yeah, for and the content creator. And then the other yeah. one sounds like more of something you could have ongoing and just right. continue into the sunset right. with. Where I could say, here's something that I encountered in my last trip or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I'm leaning. And there's um, 12-ish chapters for this book. Hey, how about that? I know, right? So at least 12, 12 probably oh. 13 episodes. You need an mm-hmm. intro episode, of course. But that's... You do. The zero episode. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, episode zero. Thank goodness. It's funny. When we started podcasting, podcasting was still a hobbyist's art. It wasn't yeah. so codified and monetized. And, oh, my God, it is big business now for mm-hmm. so many people. There are, there are podcasts that, as you say, go into development with a staff of, like, 20 millennials all researching and writing and workshopping and funded with grants and on and on. People are making careers out of podcasting now. I sound like such an old fuddy-duddy, but (laughs) I I still prefer the content creators who who own their show. And I know there there might wind up being a staff behind you or people that work with you on it, but I I really like Mm -hmm. the idea of just the the person that you get to know and who you appreciate as, as the voice of the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Especially until the FCC like comes in and starts controlling how podcast podcasts are supposed to be put out and the content right. and stuff like that. I think that's right to really take advantage of the the freedom that we have to say whatever yeah. we want. They are a great tool for churches. Churches underutilize podcasts as a medium, and yeah. um, we're we're gonna. I'm I'm in discussions with a couple people at Pilgrim about what the next phase of podcasts looks like for us yeah. because I got a lot of good feedback from folks about kitchen table spirituality and I don't want that to end. I think it's really good. valuable. So we're gonna we're gonna be talking about what's possible. I'm not gonna do it alone. So you've um, got a, a podcast in development. I guess you could say that. In development. Yep. yep. I've got some ideas about what uh, <laughs> what we could do going forward in a way to ev- not only evangelize for Jesus, mm-hmm. but also to evangelize people for Pilgrim Church. Because if you are not mm. – if if you are failing to plan how to grow the church, you, it, you are planning to fail. And, and boy, with the – um, just the explosion of online presence because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. the podcast just is a brilliant kind of supplement to that because you That's have right. people say, we well, have this growing online community. We don't know how to connect. Well, do a podcast as a weekly devotional. That's right. We have the template set up for you. Yeah, it, yeah. It's all, we did the work. So, so stay tuned for yeah. other offerings from the hosts of 12 Enough yeah. and kitchen table spirituality which will be on our cvs until we die until we die and i want to thank all the other guest hosts that i've had in the past oh that's Um, right yeah you did have a lot of oh so many of them and and some of them were just uh such great um they went in with with such a great attitude a real game to try whatever and some of them laughed at my jokes and i appreciate that that is a high bar it is it is i don't think they meant it oh dad yeah that's a high bar I think I'm funny. Isn't that enough? It's it's enough for podcasting, apparently. You know why you know why dad jokes exist is one of my theories, and then we can move towards prayer or something. Um, Because we have so much, uh, we we just have all this pent up emotion, and the dad joke is the way of just releasing just a little bit here and there. Uh, Because if we really let ourselves go, it would be very blue very quickly. 
That's probably so true. We, it's the appropriate kind of joke. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make every, bad puns. Every dad has to blow off steam. And I imagine moms do too. Yep. Um, or, or those that claim other names. Yeah. Um, I don't like the moniker dad joke. I think there's probably a better, there's got to be something better is. out there than that. But well, yeah. Anyway. It would help if there wasn't also a thing called dad bods that we have to contend with. I think I've got a fantastic dad bod. I feel good about dad. my dad bod. Well, there it is. That, that might be the note to end on, except for me to say, before we pray, I, I understand you've got one of our saints uh, yeah, queued up for the prayer time, which I really appreciate. Um, but Jonathan, it has been a privilege at oh. every juncture to podcast with you. And thank you for prodding me and pushing me at those times when I would have faded away. I, I'm grateful to have an end to the podcast and not just kind of quietly disappear. Mm-hmm. And um, you will you will be successful and oh, God will open you. doors for you wherever wherever you go. Thank you, Charlie. I've, I've gotten so much out of the episodes we've done together. I've read more books than I thought I would. And, um, and I'm saying something for you. Yeah, I look forward to what we'll end up doing together in the future. So Me too. This is not the end of the Charlie and Jonathan show. There you go. But it's the end here, of 12, here. it is the end of 12 and up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so for prayers, for those to remember, um, a couple months ago, um, we read from the book Thirst by Mary Oliver. Mm. And boy, Charlie, what a gift it was for you to suggest that. Good. Because I, I went on this uh, week-long trip uh, hiking in Arizona. I hiked about 100 miles. Where thirst is a real thing. Thirst is, and that I, I, there should be a blog post soon on my website <laughs> about that. I'm not going to share okay. that story right now, but boy, yeah. Um, and, but also realize that if I want something to read when I'm backpacking, poetry is perfect. Mm-hmm. It Good. it really is. Uh, I mean, you can spend hours on one poem. Yeah. You know, and, and it's lightweight. It's thin. It doesn't take I, up a I lot of... I love reading fiction. I oh, love yeah. reading books, uh, prose books about spirituality and faith and other and many other topics, mm-hmm. science. But nothing elevates my soul the way poetry does. Yeah. It, gives, it gives me an elevation. It's the best substitute I can think of for singing a hymn mm. in a congregation and, when that can't happen. And, and the gift was I didn't know how to bring poetry into my life. So this mm. was incredible for me. It really was. So I brought this book with me to Arizona. Um, and at night, when sitting in my tent or even just sitting you know, in the high plateau desert as the sun was setting, I mean, really, that was the pay. I was sitting in you know, the desert, mm. sun setting, and I'm reading from Mary Oliver. So, I feel like Mary Oliver would appreciate that I think use so. of her material. I think so. So I'm, I'm going to end with this poem, um, which is When I Am Among the Trees. Mm-hmm. But we're going to break protocol just a little bit. Okay. I, I want to point out just one part of the poem, and then I'll read it as prayer. We'll do our prayer sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really the end where the tree leaves call out, stay a while. And they call again, it's simple, they say. You two have to come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light, and to shine. Mm. And That's lovely. That line... That bit just hit me. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, was, it was just so fantastic to read it when I was really discerning and deciding, you know, to make the commitment to do this change, um, that it should be easy to be filled with light and to shine. If we can just do that much. That's grand. All right. So you pray, I'll yep. pray, and then Mary will pray. Yes. God, I'm so thankful for this medium. I'm thankful for the friendship that I have with Charlie. 
uh, and for the ways that your spirit has moved amongst us and through us. I ask that you continue to be with our churches as they both will be facing challenges and changes in ways known and unknown. Help us to trust you, help us to lean on you, and to take chances when you call. God bless Jonathan. God bless First Baptist Church in East Greenwich. Give them both a sense of the fitness of this parting and grant them hope and peace and sustenance for the journey. God, thank you for this chance to speak to your people through this medium and uh, continue to help us to find ways to reach out to one another and to connect. Bless us. And from Mary Oliver, When I Am Among the Trees. When I am among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locusts, equally the beech, the oaks, and the pines, they give us such hints of gladness. I would almost say that they save me daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself in which I have goodness and discernment and never hurry through the world but walk slowly and bow often. Around me the trees stir in their leaves and call out, stay a while. The light flows from their branches and they call again. It's simple, they say, and you too have come into this world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light and to shine. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank Thanks. you, Mary. Yeah, Mary's good. All right. Blessings all to time. all of you folks. Charlie, special blessings to you. This Peace. really has been amazing. I agree. All right. So long, everybody. Hi, this is Jonathan. I wanted to express one more time just the heartfelt thanks to everyone who had been part of 12 Enough. It really was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed doing it. And it comes from this place of I love having good conversations with people. I, um, I'm not going to try to list everyone who's been a guest host on this show. There are so many people that come to mind. And I know I'm going to miss someone. And I'm going to feel bad about it and then try to fix it later. And then there's going to be a whole headache and everything. And it's just never going to work out. And then I won't be able to get any sleep at night. And I'm going to be tossing and turning. And it's going to end up to my wife being very angry at me. She'll probably kick me out of the house. And then I'm going to have to live in my tent in my backyard, which will be fine for a couple of months until the neighbors start to say something. And then the neighbors are going to have to call in. They'll call the police. The police will come. There won't be a lot of to-do. I won't be yelling or anything because at the time, by the time the police roll up to the street, I'm going to be packing up all my stuff and jumping a fence and then trying to run off without them trying to find me or catch me. The problem is I'm going to get caught on the fence. I'm going to trip over and I'm going to slam my face into the ground. It's going to be all bloody. And now here I am trying to run through the little bit of woods here in Rhode Island that they have with a bloody face and just some gear on my back, hoping to avoid the police and to avoid any other kind of embarrassment that might come across me. I'm going to run into some other hikers who are just doing their own, out there for their own fun. They've had a rough week. They were very stressed out. It was quarterly reports were due. They didn't get them done in time. So the boss chewed them out and they said, we've got to do something to help ourselves out. So they go for a hike in the woods and there they are, just three people who are good friends, have been through a lot together. They went to college together. They went to elementary school together. They know each other. They're really close friends. And now here they are 
hiking through the woods, just a nice, enjoyable day hike. And it's a nice day out too. The sun is shining. It's not too cold. Uh, they're really enjoying it. And they're, for just a moment, all that stress is starting to go away. It's starting to alleviate. And there I am, bloody face, gear on my back trying to run, looking behind me, panting heavily, and they scream, and I scream, and then there's ice cream. Yeah, I brought ice cream with me. I think ahead, except I didn't think ahead enough to know that the ice cream was going to melt, and so now the ice cream's all over my hands, and I try to reach out to the people who are screaming to calm them down, and they feel the wetness from my hands, and they see the blood on my face. They immediately think that I just killed someone. So now they call the cops as well. The cops are searching for me in my house. The cops are searching for me in the woods. I don't know what to do. I have ants all over my hands because the ice cream ants crawling everywhere. Ants, you think you got rid of them all, but they're inside all the, oh, they're everywhere. You can feel them right now even crawling up your back. I slip and I tumble into a stream thinking that might get the ants out, but it just is opens, pushes over a rock where there's a whole ant colony. Now they're all over me. The people still see me with blood and ice cream and ants all over me. They don't know what to think. And the stories of Sass Squatch begin to expand beyond what we ever thought. And this is all because I tried to think of everyone's name who was on the 12 Enough podcast, and I don't get them all. So that's why I'm not going to name them all. I mean, that you don't need me to go back and say that all again. That's why I'm just not going to say them all. But I am so grateful for everyone who has helped. And I really am grateful to Charlie. It was Charlie's provocation that got us to start the podcast, um, Charlie's just sense of this can be done, uh, his know-how, his expertise, it was really just wonderful. I want to encourage you to continue to look for other podcasts on the 12 Enough Network. It's going to be dormant for a little bit um, because of just uh, life happenings, but I am going to be doing a podcast called A Peculiar Church, uh, and that will be focused on the book that's coming out in April. You can pre-order it, uh, judsonpress.com, and that link is on the show notes. Uh, so look for that. That will be a limited uh, release podcast about the book, and I will be doing a Wilderness Journeys podcast that will be focused on my nature experiences, being in the wilderness, those kinds of things. Uh, at least that's the plan so far, unless the funding gets pulled. Or I forget to say someone's name and end up sleeping in the backyard. And that just won't end well. Thank you all so much for being who you are, for uh, sharing this with others. uh, And thank you especially for listening. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts were Pastor Jonathan Malone, the pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, but only for a little bit longer, and Pastor Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. The ideas, the thoughts, um, the notions that are given on this podcast, aside from those that were really well articulated and brilliant because those were from Mary Oliver, are those of that do not reflect their churches, their denominations, their family, their friends, the towns they live in, the towns they hope they lived in, the towns they hope to live in someday, or anything else of that nature. These were their own ideas. This was their podcast. I think I've got a fantastic dad bod. I feel good about my dad bod.